The Money Show. Other people's money. Other people's money this evening. Kim Engelbrecht, best known for her roles as Lolly de Kerk in the soap opera Isi Dingo, and then Sergeant Norma Banks in the sci-fi TV show Dominion and Marlies Defoe in The Flash. And she appeared first on our screens in the 1990s on Take 5, if you remember Take 5. Um, and I don't think you've been off screen much since then, Kim Engelbrecht. It's like you've been everywhere all the time for an awfully long time. You're part and parcel of the furniture of South Africa. Thank you, thank you. What would I be if I was a piece of furniture? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you very much. That's a lovely intro. Thanks so much for having me tonight. You you had a lot of success early. I mean, does that mean that you you, did it get in the way of your schoolwork? Did you have issues in in getting the work done Um, or did you manage to balance it out? I think I did balance it out. I mean, I did my first um, big film when when I was 12 years old. Um, and I had a, a tutor that was with me. And then uh, when I did the film, I had the opportunity to shoot in Italy. And then my mother came with me and then I took off school and then I had to come back into the system. Um, I didn't always shine academically. I was more of a sporty girl. So um, I didn't mind being away from school. But um, yeah, I don't think it really stopped me from, you know, from finishing my school year. Not many 12-year-olds, though, get the opportunity to go and work in a foreign country, particularly a place like Italy, which is so rich in culture and heritage and history. I don't know if you were aware of the fact that you were in this incredible environment at the time or you were just so busy working that you couldn't really appreciate what was going on around you. Did you did you learn much of the real world and those experiences? I think so. I think um, what happens is, you know, after you have these experiences, you look back and you realize how privileged you were. But I think as a child, you know, you're 12 years old, you're looking at everything with wonderment. I think I remember the first time I ever got on an airplane was was an international flight. So um, for me, that was a it was a big deal, you know, just being abroad and having to experience it with my mom at the time. Um, Yeah. And I think usually when you're done having these experiences, you realize um, how lucky you were. No, absolutely, and especially you know, after the last two years of being stuck at home and, and not being able to apply your trade as much as you might have liked to. Mm, I think it's been a very, very difficult time, I think, for, for everybody in the world and in South Africa. You know, you, everybody had to readjust their normal. Everybody had a new, a new way of doing things. Everybody was working from home. Um, I think in my industry, uh, it was very tough, you know, especially when it comes to people that work in live events, you aren't able to cater to a live audience. So, you know, everybody had to make adjustments to the reality. I was really very, very lucky. Um, I was able to start working in, in November of 2020 and then work on a TV show in 2021 called Raker. And then immediately after that, the next day I went, into production for a new show called Raised by Wolves. So I've been really, really lucky to be able to still make a living and still feel like I've, you know, like I'm of service because I think um, the one thing that keeps most people going is the ability to work. Yeah, and to feel like you're adding value to the world. I mean, it's it's all well and good to have the income and the salary and all of that sort of stuff. But 
uh, thing that's I think affecting mental health around the world at the moment is the sense of fine. Um, yeah, my government is supporting me, or my industry is supporting me. If you're lucky enough to have that sort of support, that's great. You're surviving, but you're not thriving. You're not you're not able to seize opportunities. You're not making people happy. You're not making people, you know, whatever your character is, fearful, joyful, or otherwise. I mean, it's just it, it's been a really really tough environment, particularly uh, for artists during this time. And I think uh, it's been a, an incredibly incredibly difficult time you've not wasted your time at all i mean you got the auditions you've been as i understand it you've been auditioning for global roles as well um sort of via via zoom being incredibly creative um with, with the job hunting yeah exactly i think i think especially in this time you have to be become a lot more creative and um i've like i said i've been I've been very lucky, but there have been down moments for me during my career, definitely, you know, where you go through long lulls, um, where you go through months and months of no work, um, and also trying to select work that really works for you and serves your personality and also where you would like to go in your career. So sometimes you have to pass up on opportunities while you wait for something that suits your trajectory the best. Um, I've been very fortunate, I think, also, like you were mentioning, in terms of mental health, you know, um, what my acting career does teach you, it teaches you patience and also keeping yourself busy in those times in between jobs. And sometimes they longer than expected. Um, so during the COVID period, it's almost like I've had some sort of, um, I've had practice in terms of the weight, you know. And yeah. keeping myself busy, keeping my, me mentally stimulated during that time. Because like you said, you want to be of service. You want to feel needed. You want to work. Um, I, am I right in thinking that you've got a couple of global projects coming up? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I, um, I, after I finished Reka, which is a South African-UK um, co-production, which finished um, shooting in, in Feb, I went straight onto a TV show called Raised by Wolves. Um, it's a Ridley Scott production. And it's on HBO Max, and they were shooting the second season, and I was very, very lucky to be a part of that. How did you do that? I mean, were you able to travel? Did you manage to get on set, or did you have to do it somehow by the miracle of remote? I don't know. How how might no, Ridley Scott it, solve a problem? It's shot in South Africa. It's shot in Cape Town. Ah, but that's um, really I know. I and I the, the day I finished on Reka, the very next day I went straight into pre-production on Raised by Wolves. Um, I also auditioned for it while I was, you know, doing Raker. Um, I obviously went in and then I also did some auditions via via Zoom, via the internet, the miracle of the internet. How many, is the film industry beginning to bounce back? Because one got a sense that it very nearly died um, with everything else in the arts. Um, and and you, the way you're speaking, uh, actually there's quite a lot of activity going on. I think I think I think um, everything started off a little bit slow. Everybody has become a lot more cautious. You know, we are a lot more worried about what's going on with the person next to us. Are you fine? Are you safe? Are you feeling healthy? Which I think is is quite lovely in this you know in this industry. Um, I think when it comes to the soapy world in South Africa, it's already such a wonderfully well-oiled machine. I think that's one of the first um, segments I think that went back back into function as COVID was, was starting. And then, um, you know, just like people adapt, um, there were brand new protocols brought into place in terms of, in terms of filming, um, you know, a new way of doing things, a new way of keeping people safe. And 
South Africans and South African artists have a way of adapting and, you know, and I think everybody is just kind of gone with the new way of doing things. Um, yeah. Did you go into this crisis in good financial shape? You've been working for most of your life. You've hardly had a break. I know there have been a couple of periods where you haven't had as much work as you would have liked, but were you in decent financial shape? Because so many actors, uh, particularly those who don't get the big roles, the extras, the people who work on the sets, you know, live like salaried individuals. The money is finished, uh, the month finishes before the money does. Um, and, yeah. uh, and, and so well, the, the money finishes before the month does rather. Um, and then they get, they get caught quite short. Were you in an okay financial position going into this, into this mess? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I, as I was trying to just kind of give you an overview of what it is like, um, in my world, I, I work in South Africa and then I work abroad and I don't always know what's going to come my way. So I'm always in a state of preparation, of preparation for how many months it is that I'm going to, you know, where things are going to go quiet for me. You know, I constantly audition and I'm not always successful. And then out of nowhere, I just am. Um, so I think, I think in terms of me, I'm always in prep mode. You know, I'm always, but I think I'm, I'm quite, um, I don't know, basic in terms of the way that I handle money. Um, yeah, so I think I, I was partially prepared. I don't think no, no, I don't think anybody was prepared for this. No, for, for nobody. The, I don't, you know, nobody had any idea what this was. I remember how afraid I was, um, you know, in, when, when when we started this period because you just you just didn't know what it was, what the outcome was, what the future looked like. No, it was frightening, absolutely petrifying, and particularly. When you are dependent working in confined spaces with all kinds of different people and you're expected to interact with people for the screen and you've got to make it believable and it becomes very, very hard, uh, very, very hard to do. Um, when you grew up, I mean, was there much money around as you, as you were growing up? You had lots of global opportunities and your mom was able to travel with you and that was great. But was there much money around or um, w w was your job critical to making sure that the family succeeded? I mean, I think I was I was if you're talking about my, my childhood, you know, I, I do remember that my very, very first job, I was um, 11 years old selling ice creams on Paro station. I had an uncle who, um, you know, had a business and then I was doing that. So I've always had this want to work and then you're 12 years old. And in terms of money and how you see money and if money was there, if it was scarce, um, I think in that time as a child, you don't always know what's going on in terms of money. Um, all you know is that you have, you know, a roof over your head, you've got food and you've got everything that you need, the basics. And there's not a lot of options, but that's fine because I don't think you really ask any questions, I think, as a, as a young mm. kid when it comes to money. Did did you uh, what happened to your early fees? I mean, did you did did uh, were you helped to invest? Were you did you did you put it away for a rainy day, or where did the cash go? Well, after my very first job. Yeah, your very first jobs because you started as you said. I mean, not the ice cream job. I mean, but uh, uh, <laughs> when you went to Italy at the age of twelve, and um, you know, you were yeah, probably earning some fairly think, decent income I think at that it point. Went, I mean, I was twelve. I don't think it was that much actually. Um, but I think it went. I think it went into a into a bank account, and that was it. You know, um, and then I was twelve, and then after that, I hadn't worked in the film industry at all. 
13, 14, 15, 16, until only after I'd matriculated. Then I only got involved in film and TV once again. I think also for me, um, when it comes to the TV and the film world, I don't think it was a very realistic um, option. You know, the aim is when you finish school, you go and study and you get a profession that's, that's more concrete. So did you, did you, did, did you study acting or did you just go straight into it and, and, and use your natural inbuilt talents? No, I don't think I, I um, even thought about studying acting. I didn't study acting at all. I didn't, I didn't go to university for anything really. Um, after school, I went straight into work. I worked at a gym as a receptionist immediately after school. Um, I come from a, a family of academics, my mother, my brother, my sister, my sisters, they, they all, you know, they, they studied um, either BSc or linguistics. And I, I kind of didn't do that. Um, I think I always knew that I, I was probably going to fail. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. So I didn't want to waste my mother's money. Um, yeah, I didn't study very acting, conscientious no. of you. Very conscientious of you. Now, now, are you a saver? Are you an investor? Are you somebody who puts? I mean, you you certainly seem to have put away a bit of money for a rainy day. The rain came and then the rain stayed and still isn't gone. Um, but but you you strike me as somebody who's very level headed when it comes to um, preparing for the unknown. Yeah, I think I'm very basic in terms of that. I'm not extremely extravagant. Um, um, yeah. I would, yeah, I think I would call myself, um, yeah, in terms of money, I'm very basic. You know, I do what I, what I need to do and, and that's it. And, yeah, I know that the, the importance of looking after myself and investing in myself um, in terms of, you know, things like medical aid, insurance, those things are, are basic and important to me. I think um, when, I, when I left Isidingo, I realized that I needed to invest in myself. And if I wanted a long career, I needed to get management that was going to help me kind of um, hone myself in and you know, create some sort of longevity for myself. Talking about management, you mean as an agent? I mean, is it, is it, you, you need, what was the movie, uh, the Tom Cruise, show me the money movie. Um, you know, have you got that kind of manager who's in there? They take a cut of everything you make. They're incentivized to get you the best deals, or is it a bit more holistic a, a looking after than than simply yes, chasing exactly. the deals? Exactly. I think it's that. I think it's exactly the latter. It's somebody that is more of a business manager, a friend, somebody that kind of works um, my career out in terms of me. Um, you know, so that's that, that's the way that I've uh, created my career. That's how I how I manage myself. I mean, we see more and more sports teams, for example, take more seriously their young talent because their young talent comes in, they get a lot of money really quite quickly, but they've got a short career. I wonder whether Isidinga was at all, you know, it was part of an institution, South African institution, whether or not there was any of that sort of vision when it came to the arts industry and saying, you know what, this isn't this gig isn't going to last forever. Yes, you, you're young and you fall in love and you have relationships on TV and it's all lovely and you then get the gigs and you can cut ribbons and kiss babies and do all of those lovely things. Um, but was there any advice ever about, you know, you do know that this gig, you know, we, we could kill you tomorrow and then you'll be then you'll be out of a job and have you got any money put away? 
Yeah, correct. Nothing prepares you for it. I think um, nothing really prepares is in terms of how we manage money, even at school. You know, nothing really prepares us. And then you start working and nothing prepares you. And um, the world's making you very aware of the fact that you need to, you know, be some sort of an entrepreneur or be self-employed and, um, you know, be strong in terms of money. But nobody shows you and nobody tells you how. And... Um, what I then did was I then I then just yeah I I got a management team to help me because I and realized the, that I'm not I'm not business inclined you know I don't yeah. the, the funny thing is especially when it comes to an actor for me I can only speak for myself is that when you're doing the work you have to be as soft and as gentle and you have to give over to the process when it comes to the way that you deal with your money there needs to be some sort of like strength even a a sense of like a shielding which is very which is a juxtaposition to what an actor is supposed to be you're supposed to be soft and you have to Mm. absorb and you have to go with the flow when it comes to money sometimes you have to be a little bit more strong and it goes against my personality because that is not you know what i mean my aim is to be an actor I no, completely. Act, I no, no, but I mean, you, you, you talk to you know, medical doctors and stuff and you say, you, know, you, you ask medical doctors what they read and they go, oh, medical journals. I haven't got time for anything else. I mean, they're very good doctors and they save lives and all that sort of stuff. You ask them whether or not they've got a retirement annuity or they've got any sort of planning for the future and they look at you and say, but I've got someone who looks after that. I don't know. I'm busy doctoring. You know, it's, it's, a, it's not a judgment on anybody. People focus on their careers. That's what they're good at. And that's why you need outside people to come in and assist you if you're incredibly busy mm. to, to, to do that stuff. You, you say you're not extravagant, but you must have some bad habits. Nobody is perfect. Not even you, Kim. Um, no, uh, I'm not perfect. What do, you like to, what do you like to spend money on? What's, what's fun for you? Uh, travel. Travel, okay. I spend money on travel. Mm-hmm. I think because of because of work and, um, you know, in terms of finding work, I always have to travel in terms of me being either in South Africa or in the States. So that's what I what I save toward. That's what I spend my money on. Okay. I mean, I and the sta- is the States a treasure trove of opportunity, do you think? I mean, uh, it seems a really cutthroat business. I mean, I was chatting, when I was chatting to Charlize the other day, which I did, um, it, it just struck wow. me that, you know, um, she, she it was really hard to get started, really hard to break in. And, and then you've got to maintain your position, of course, um, as, as an actor in a massively competitive environment because there's always somebody younger and hungrier um, looking to usurp the, the current talent. Yeah, obviously, there's always going to be people that are that are better better suited for a job, um, but that's the thrill of it. You know, that's the thrill of acting, the uh, going into a room and auditioning for something, and then something catches on and you have a job, and is you know you could be victorious. That's the that's the beauty of the dream. You could be victorious. Um, I think with me in terms of where I'm basing myself, I'm basing myself in South Africa, and then also basing myself in the in the in the United States so I'm kind of between here and there and you, hey you, you got Ridley Scott on your CV now which is brilliant um do you see yourself doing this forever do you see yourself um you know sort of going and and, and acting in perpetuity I mean do you see a retirement at any point in the future mm, I don't know I <laughs> 
I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to act for as long as I can, um, for as long as I feel confident to do it, for as long as I trust myself enough to handle wonderful characters. I think, I think you'll know when it's your time to bow out. Um, but right now I'm completely immersing myself in acting. Obviously there's a feeling inside of me where I want to maybe direct or produce and make projects. But I think that is a, it's a, it splits my focus a little bit. And I would mm. maybe like to just focus in on this for this moment. Who knows things might change a little bit later for me. You know, but it's fun, isn't it? I mean, it, yeah. it's fun. It's fun being other people and dressing up and living other yeah. people's lives for a bit, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. I mean, especially. I mean, this year has been incredible for me. I started off doing a TV show called Reka, which is rooted in reality, and then I jump onto a Ridley Scott sci-fi show, which is, you know, in another in another world. Um, so um, that in itself is, you know, is testament to how you can play different characters and. You can just immerse yourself in a in a different world. You know, you don't also don't have to think so much about um, you know your what goes on with you because all you have is a script and that and that defines how you think, which is which is nice, which is nice and relaxing for me. I think it's going to be. I think twenty twenty two is going to be a spectacular year. Kim Engelbrecht, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Other people's money, South African actress Kim Engelbrecht going global.